0: good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield and happy Monday the fast day that it is gone and unfortunately not a lot of excitement happening within this market trade and sometimes doldrums are okay but at the same time it makes you wonder how you're going to market and what you're going to market on. We're going to talk about some of the factors that are working into the place including those export numbers that came out today. Uh, Supply buffers, are they really in place and is it going to wait till our spring gets here and the planters start rolling to have any effect on what we see in the markets. A lot to take a look at today. Sam Hudson joins us. He is with Corn Belt Marketing. So I think we need to start there. For a Monday, it is definitely a lackluster kind of day.
1: It is. And, and you know, the, we could close higher today, but the bad news is tomorrow's turnaround Tuesday. We'll see if we <laughs> can hang on to them. You know, that these recent lows, uh, you know, just don't instill a lot of confidence in the trade. USDA data uh, here recently was just a complete non-starter. Uh, have had you know big uh you know fun short in terms of a talking point, but no catalyst to really spook those guys out and so uh, this really leaves us flailing as we compete with South America's export uh, you know, prices at the port as they get ready for another harvest. And feels like we've got to wait for another supply-side concern before uh, we could really change the tide. And that may be a U.S. spring at this point, Susan. Well,
0: you know, let's, let's talk about that because um, we'll talk about South America here in a moment. But so much has been banking and waiting, and now everybody says, well, I'll just wait till spring gets here for us. What do you see um, some of those key factors as we look just not very far down the road when those planners will be headed into the south?
1: That's right. Well, as we mentioned, um, you know, USDA data is not enough to really change anything. And so, if we don't see an abrupt change in South American weather, I think the next thing we look at is that uh, the end of March data set. You know, we're going to have a quarterly stocks report. We're going to have our acreage report, where you will have probably started planting uh, cotton in the, in the mid South. That's one thing to take a look at. We've seen a pretty good move in the cotton here recently. Um, hard to say how many acres we could switch at the last minute there, but I can't imagine uh, that number is going to fall versus corn and soybeans. And so. Um, you know, at the end of the day, as long as we're between, you know, 177 and 100 and, oh, you know, 78, 79 million acres between corn and beans, it's going to be really hard to, to really, uh, you know, paint an optimistic picture on price. We're going to get February Outlook Forum numbers here this week. Uh, but if we plug in trend yields, uh, you know, Susan, with the acres that we're probably looking at, it's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be banging on the door of, you know, 2.3 plus billion bushel corn carry out and, and, Stocks of usage in soybeans that are going to be 8% plus and not really justify prices where they're at.
0: Well, you talk about those uh, those cotton acres and those bean acres as well. All this continued dicamba talk, do you see that waning yep. at all on what's going to happen in this market?
1: Well, I guess it could, right? I mean, I, I'm not certainly the one to, uh, to speak on that. My assumption here, and I haven't looked at anything if there's any updates here this week, but my assumption is that anything that's been shipped out uh, for use is probably going to get a waiver at this point. Uh, and we've carried this on, you know, into the presidential election, along with a lot of other biofuel that, you know, uh, talking points and so forth moving forward. That's just going to be such a huge thing for this market. And unfortunately, uh, during times of limbo, when you've got that supply buffer, we talked about it, it doesn't offer a lot of uh, help for pricing.
0: Well, and of course, I mean, you mentioned we've got an election year going on. We've got a lot of other factors that are weighing in, um, including just the economic feel overall. And with the the backpedaling we're seeing the Feds doing right now after a 60 Minutes episode here a a short time ago, there just seems to be a lot of fingers in this pot.
1: That's right. And, you know, adding to it, uh, you know, coming out of winter here is the concern about China's economic situation. We've seen pretty strong numbers year over year uh, as far as their import data is concerned, which is you know, strong. But if we're going to have troubles here moving forward at a time where we're already largely non-competitive on the export market, uh it definitely, again, kind of stokes some fears there. Now, when you look at movement in general on its own, uh inspections and sales are just really right on USDA pace. And so there's really just no fruit for fodder here unless it's going to come from an outside factor. And that keeps funds, uh, you know, confident in their positions that they've got. Uh You know, they're short, you know, Around three hundred thousand corn, one hundred thirty thousand soybeans, and eighty thousand wheat. But if they don't have a reason to get out of it or a catalyst, then we continue to see them hold that, uh, you know, well into spring. And it all becomes time and space uh, in terms of how quickly they run for cover.
0: All right, what about this South American weather? I mean, it just seems every week there's a nugget that's thrown out there that the market kind of lobs onto. <laughs> Is that what we're going to be doing this week?
1: You know, we. we the market has been so tuned into, you know, conditions there from the get-go. And part of that was probably from our better than expected reaction here in the U.S. That became our only talking point if there was one. Uh, at this point, we have seen those, uh, you know, production estimates decline. We're still seeing USDA above CONAB. But if you look at the data here, I believe they've cut the Brazilian crop around 7 million metric tons since, you know, they started estimating the size of it. Uh, but if you go back and look, they've actually raised last year's crop om- around 6 million metric tons, and so uh, it's almost a tit-for-tat move there. And in essence, on the balance sheet, doesn't really mean a whole lot. And when we get worked up about, you know, the discrepancies between there, if you look at USDA's estimates compared to last year, uh, as well as CONAP's compared to last year, they're very similar in their mindset in, in terms of expecting around a 3 to 4% lower crop than last year, even though their numbers are off. And so what we have to challenge ourselves on is even if we see a movement of, you know, 3, 4, 5, 6 million metric tons, by the time we figure it all out, yeah. We're going to be talking about our weather and what we're going to be producing, and it probably won't matter at that point. And that's what the markets are baking in.
0: And, and don't forget, Chinese New Year, Year of the Dragon. So that should make for <laughs> some interesting added into the dragon.
1: <laughs> that's right. Well, and in, in, in theory, it should slow down any sort of announcements on any flash sales if they could really change anything anyways. But um, it just hasn't been a, a real big talking point or staple for us here lately.
0: Well, we can't seem to get China um, to even really consider much of our grains as they have in the past. I know it's kind of beating a dead horse, per se, but can we blame a little bit around the dollar? Is it a lot of politics? What seems to be the biggest push, or is it just comes down to the fact that their grain's cheaper?
1: You know, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, I think the number one is uh, their grain's cheaper. And of course, the dollar, you know, surging here into the new year is, is just part of that pricing structure. But, you know, politics are, are helping it as well, or, or I guess not helping us, helping that cause as far as them staying away from us. Um, and, and again, their year over year data was good. But if we have concern moving forward and, and we can't compete right now, then we almost have to have, uh, you know, something force their hand. And at this point, to me, that the you know, like, only know, chance is going to be weather. Uh, Argentina crop ratings last week, uh, last couple weeks have been on the decline after two weeks of warmer and drier weather, but. You know, again, we're just running out of time.
0: We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As our conversation continues this afternoon with Sam Hudson. Sam, of course, is with Corn Belt Marketing. And we talked a lot of factors that were weighing in on this grain complex. And here we are on a Monday. You talked about the potential of a turnaround Tuesday. I wanted to ask you before we even go to livestock is, Looking at the big picture right now on grains, and the time of the month that we are, the time of the year that we're at, where should we be thinking marketing plan-wise, so we're ready? Because you know darn well, the minute those planters start going, marketing is not going to be on the on the forefront of our minds.
1: Well, it's not going to be, and, and you know we've talked about, uh, you know, we've already touched on the large you know, fund short, and I like in this market very similar to what we saw in 2019. Um, You know, funds were short. We had ample supply is really not a concern. We were getting getting ready to get in the field for another cycle. Uh, And it's exactly where we're at here this year. Now, are we going to delay plantings till early June this year? I'm not going to sit here and try to predict that. But that's the first, you know, way a market could really get a bigger turnaround. I think that just at least sets a bar for what potential we could see if we see any hiccups. Um, I I really believe what's going to fuel that is the fact that farmers are going to continue to move grain here in the short term uh, just from a logistical standpoint and a cash flow need standpoint, but once they've got enough to put the crop in, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to find that natural seller. And if you give the market a reason to put a bid in, uh, that's where things can get kind of spicy, and you could find you know a bunch of volatility again. But if you've not gotten a start, you know to the, this point, it's a pretty difficult decision to to lean into it. But you almost just have to and hope that you're wrong. Um, you know, on the day you realize you're wrong, if you've got to adjust with it, do so. But at this point, you know, we're more focused on new crop. A lot of these insurance decisions are going to be being made and, and at least offer another piece of the puzzle in terms of what's offered for a backstop.
0: Well, let's uh, let's look at uh, global perspectives as well, because, I mean, things have been interesting with Russia. Um, they're changing of their wheat numbers. We've got wheat here we need to sell. It sounds like they're going to flood the market with some real cheap stuff.
1: Oh, that's true. And you know, this, throughout this whole campaign, um, you know, we got the funds out of that market uh, a couple of years ago at the onset of this conflict. And at this point, we've just really seen no deviation in terms of world grain flow as it pertains to us. When you got variable storage rates here in the U.S., we continue to see big carries in the market, and that encourages uh, you know commercials to, to store and uh, facilitates a, you know thirty percent plus stocks to usage ratio. So until we can change that. Uh, There's really no reason to be bullish weeds. From a food security standpoint, that's good because we're going to have plenty sitting around, but uh, if anyone has to come after our carryout, it's probably already too late. And so I think that theme is just going to stick with us. Unfortunately, we're kind of going that direction with corn when you look at how much acreage expansion has taken place in South America and the headwinds that we have on usage. I think that's probably the biggest story, Susan, for the next two or three years. Uh, You know, how are we going to see the rubber hit the road on the sustainable aviation fuel, the low carbon fuels? Um, you know, all this is going to help uh, you know, influence our demand structure and we definitely need to see an improvement there because we're not doing a whole heck of a lot of, you know, uh, building here on our own.
0: So let's switch gears and go over to the livestock side. I mean, live cattle and the lean hogs both saw some negativity. Feeder cattle traded on the stronger side. What is your takeaway of this mixed market that we're dealing with on livestock?
1: You know, the feeder cattle market's just been impressive as far as the cash trade. Um, the enthusiasm there really over the last three weeks has just been pretty impressive. And so when you look at, uh, you know, weekly charts as far as where we could expect cash to go, it's possible we could see, you know, retest of the highs that, uh, you know, we were trading back in you know, late last summer. Uh, but a lot of it's going to probably depend on that spring weather that we've talked about. You know, if we have to throw a uh, a big curveball in, in terms of changing feed costs, um, then that could really impact the market and really curtail our ability to expand herd size. But if we you know, keep corn more or less free here uh, into and throughout summer, I think it's going to finally uh, potentially encourage some expansion. you got grass uh, that's going to be more available here this year compared to the last couple of years, and I think that bodes well for uh, you know seeing more numbers. And, and depending on what the demand does along the way and the economic sentiment does along the way into an election, uh, that'll help throttle things up or down,
0: and that'll give um, mainstream media something new to maybe lob onto because all the stories as of late are about the low cattle numbers, and and we've known that in agriculture for for months and months at this point.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, and it just all filters back into that same talk about inflation and just the the price of everything anymore. And um, you know, the big question is is, is the speed at which it all can change.
0: What's your thoughts on the consumer? um confidence in in as they look at their finances and in turn buying of extra extra food at the grocery store
1: well you know we've got through the holidays i think you're continuing to see you know this uh, concern about overall debt um you know when you look at market cycles and how we're continuing to push in the equities even after the first of the year it just feels like we're kind of you know finally getting a hint of the fumes for that rally um, you know, when we finally exhaust or get to a euphoric moment in those equity markets ahead of an election, I get a little bit concerned. That could pave the way for some money coming back into raw materials again. But if we still got you know negative fundamentals for these markets coming in, it's going to be something that lingers with us here again for the next two or three years. And so. Um, you know, as it pertains to the beef trade and hog trade specifically, uh, you know, China is still that biggest, uh, you know, elephant in the room here as far as what they're going to be, uh, you know, needing to buy. And I think we have to very, keep very close to, uh, you know, tabs on what they do versus really what they say and what people are concerned about.
0: All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: 800-655-3380 or www.corpelmarketing.com. All
0: right. That is today's channel final bell. And it's brought to you by the channel C Professional. Right on the World Radio Network.